This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour is a paid program. Opinions expressed on the show are those of Naz and Wally and their guests. The world doesn't need another sports show. It needs an awesome sports show. You're listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning, Naz. Good morning, Wally. Neil, the boys are back. Let's talk sports. Good morning and welcome to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto. And if you're listening in Toronto, we're now also on FM radio. You can listen to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour in stereo, Naz, on 96.7 at 740 a.m. for everyone else. But if you're in Toronto, we're now broadcasting at 96.7. Anyways, uh, before we get into it, we've had a, a crazy week in sports. Nez, uh, have you caught your breath yet? You had an interesting drive in this morning, perhaps. Oh, you wow. To, I couldn't pra- exit off of Jameson on the Gardener, and I ended up at the end of the Don Valley Parkway and back. So anybody coming to downtown, just use the Queensway or something. Be, it's brutal. Be careful. Nez is usually in here by, by 8 o'clock in the morning, and I was up until a couple of minutes ago. I was worried I was going to have to do the show by myself, but uh, Nez rolled in here uh, about a minute and a half ago fighting the infamous Toronto traffic on a Sunday morning. And uh, cut your breath yet, Ness? Yeah, I'm okay. Okay, forget about the traffic. Let's talk about the Jays, talking about catching a breath. Certainly a phenomenal week for the Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, Wednesday was a remarkable day, but the last... Uh, Friday night and Saturday, didn't games didn't go the way we would have liked, and certainly yesterday's game um, seemed to have taken vi- uh, defeat, put defeat when we thought we had victory in our grasp. Uh, uh, you had some uh, pointed comments uh, or some comments about uh, David Price. Of course, the game was going great yesterday until the seventh inning, and. Uh, there was a little bit of a miscommunication between Goins and Bautista. I think uh, generally people have suggested that that uh, if there was an error there, it was uh, it was Goins because that certainly appeared to be his ball. Certainly, he appeared to wave Bautista off, and uh, he held up. And, that kid, uh, that kid's bailed out uh, that team all year long, Goins, with his defensive play, and he made uh, him and Bautista made a mistake. And it happens. And I mean, it happens. it happens. And uh, you know what? Uh, you know, the, it happened. It was the first hitter of that. Of that, it would have been one out. So what? You had a man on base. Uh, you still had a three nothing lead. There's no. There's no reason to blame Ryan Goins for that loss. I mean, uh, you know, you had. You only had to get man on first. So what? But uh, you know, baseball purists or whatever tell you that changed the whole momentum of the game. I think that's a bit disingenuous. But Naz, you've got some strong as well, comments as well as Price pitching. He pitched great to that point. He had retired 19th straight. You know, he came here to be the stopper, came be the closer, be the when a losing streak is there. And you know what? He has the experience. He should have been able to weather the storm and continue. I don't blame Price fully for it, but. Uh, he had something to do with it, too, because they started hitting off of him. And uh, 
I just uh, I, I don't like putting the, the the blame on Goins or Bautista, especially the the defensive play they've had all year long. Well, on that I, team. you know, it certainly it certainly was a momentum changer in that game because you know what, uh, Casey had nothing going. You know, uh, Price was mowing them down like uh, like bowling pins, um, and whether we, whether you want to admit it or not. You know, it it did change the momentum of the game. It did. Uh, you know, the KC crowd got into it, and uh, all of a sudden, uh, KC batters started to get some lumber on the ball for whatever reason. And interesting enough, I watched the I watched the uh, post game show, and uh, Greg Zahn. I don't know if you I don't know if you watched the post game show at all, Naz, but Greg Zahn was making the point that. Uh, what happened during that inning? Once they got once they got a guy on second, they were or, or, or they were stealing the uh, stealing may not be the right word because it's not it's not illegal under the under the rules of baseball. But they were they were uh, they were figuring out the uh, the signals, the pitching signals, and he was. Yeah, he, the Jays have done that all year with. Yeah, Donald I mean, and there's yeah. nothing wrong with that. Uh, I mean, it's done and it's permitted. I'm not sure. It's per- I guess it's permitted. It's not. It's not contrary to the rules of baseball. Everybody does it. But it just—he was showing how the KC batters were reacting to certain pitches in uh, in the seventh inning, and he went pitch by pitch, David Price, and he said, "There's no way, there's no way, uh, KC players hanging off that pitch if he doesn't know what's coming," and. Uh, he seemed to he was he was postulating the opinion that uh, the KC uh, comeback was a des- direct result of them knowing what what pitches were coming, and yeah. uh, you know Greg Zong you know catcher pretty but, experienced, uh, but certainly seemed KC knew something different, uh, or was, they were doing something different in the batting box in the seventh inning. Um, other commentators have said there's no, there was nothing wrong with those pitches that David Price threw. They were good pitches. Yeah, uh, but you know the Jays in the previous inning had an opportunity to get five or six runs in that inning, and they didn't. And they blew it. it. They blew it. They didn't get the. They were up three nothing. They could have been up six seven nothing yeah. at that point. And, and, and I don't think KC would have come back on that basis. But you know, we're going to game three. We had an exciting week. Wednesday was an absolute incredible day, and I'm just wondering. I just hope that this isn't the case because we all love the Blue Jays here. If the Jays had not have not won their World Series beating Texas, because the celebration that took place after the game and uh, all through the night, it's almost as if they won the World Series in that series. And and to bounce I, I, back from that, sometimes it's very difficult. You know, you make a very good point, Ness. And um, you know, every now and then we do get along. And we <laughs> yeah. do agree. Uh, some listeners think we agree too often, and we should argue more, but. I think I think on that point you hit the nail on the head. I was making that point actually with uh, with our producer Sebastian before before the show started. Um, it was certainly an incredible event uh, Wednesday night. Um, some some sports talk radio guys in Toronto over the course of the couple of days that came after that were calling it the greatest sporting event. Uh, they'd ever seen in their lives. I mean that 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 came out from some some guys who are known as the top sports talk guys in Canada. Uh, I'm not so sure I necessarily agree with that, and we we can certainly it was pretty talk close. About it. Um, and we you know maybe we can debate that. You know I, I I have a really difficult time replacing Paul Henderson in in 1972 in Moscow as the greatest sporting event in in Canada's history to replace that with. Uh, 
I mean, if it had been Game Seven of the World Series, uh, maybe, maybe, maybe we can make the argument. Um, no, but it was, it was just the U.S. Canada thing with the broadcasters it, it was down certainly, in the states. It was it's, certainly remarkable. Yeah, certainly remarkable. And I'd, and I'd really, if we have, if we have some time later on in the show, I really do want to talk about to the extent that that was the greatest uh, sporting event in history or even the greatest baseball game. I mean, the only other baseball game that I can think of that that was comparable in its excitement, but the, but the excitement didn't last over an entire inning was uh, was 76, Carlton Fisk. Yeah. Game six, 12th inning in a walk-off homer. And when he, when he waved the ball uh, into fair territory and it hit the... It hit the foul pole, and everybody, everybody at Fenway went absolutely Wally, nuts. Wally, this this past Wednesday was a hundred times that. Let me I, tell you, only because we're I, homers. I, I because know, we're it homers. Doesn't matter. You know, they drew eleven and a half million, million. people yeah. to watch that game at some point. Eleven and a half million people. Just think about that. No team in existence will ever draw that many people, other than the Blue Jays, even the Leafs, if they do what. What's an impossible thing these days? Yeah. But if they ever get to the Stanley Cup final and get in, they won't get eleven and a half million because Toronto Blue Jays are Canada's team. There's no other baseball team in the major leagues. It's well, Toronto. we can debate that point. I think I think the Toronto Maple Leafs are Canada's team. No, oh, absolutely, they won't get the audience because there's seven other teams. Oh, you, seven you, see, you know, I, I hope we live to see that day, Nance. I hope we live to Me see too, that day because no, you stick it, it, you stick the Toronto Maple Leafs. In the Stanley Cup Finals, no, uh, you know you got you got six and a half people live in the Greater Toronto area just just by itself, and in Southern Ontario, you know tack on another three four million. You but get, the other you, the you other got, cities have got franchises, Wally. That's yeah, the issue. But you you watch when the Toronto Maple Leafs, Toronto Maple Leafs, when 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 they travel, um, the amount of Toronto Maple Leaf sweaters that you find in a crowd uh, everywhere they go. But anyways, I mean, well, you know, I, I don't think we're any, anywhere near solving that particular dilemma because uh, I can't, tell I you can't one foresee thing. the Toronto Maple Leafs in the Stanley Cup Finals. I, I'll tell you one thing. We did discover on that same Wednesday how in charge Mike Babcock is of that hockey yeah, club. Yeah, and, and we're, and we're going to talk about that. I just want to go back to the point uh, we, we just we got off a bit was the celebration of the Jays on Wednesday night. And I was about to, and you made the point that perhaps they over-celebrated. It's difficult to say. I mean, it was such an incredible emotional event, both for the players and for the fans, that I find it very difficult to criticize them uh, for what was a spontaneous and utter, you know, it was just spontaneous joy. And, you know, know, when they came out after the game and they celebrated with the fans, I mean, that was spontaneous. It was just like that unity between the team. The team understood how important the fans were to the victory, and they wanted to thank the fans for that. And I thought that was awesome. I've, I don't know how many times I've ever seen that. I, I thought that was incredible, and, and I compliment them for it. Uh, the fans, of course, we've reacted as fans to the joy that they've brought to this city in the last three months because in Toronto, we're, we're so damn starved. For a victor, for a victor, uh, we're so damn starved for a team, a successful team, and this this Blue Jay team has captured the imagination of this city, and country, the, uh, this country, yeah. and there and there's such um, uh, I, I don't know what the word is, symbiosis or whatever, it's some fancy word from my younger days, 
but there's such a unity between the team and the fans that it just it blew over Wednesday night. And it was just it was just remarkable to watch it. But I'm wondering if that didn't help them be ready for Friday night. I mean, they had to they had celebrated, they probably went late into the night, who knows. Uh, they had to catch a plane. They had to go to Kansas City. They had to get emotionally ready from such a high peak to be ready for Friday night. And I, I just, I just got a sense that they were a little bit flat Friday yeah, night. Friday night, Saturday, and, to, and totally understandable. And Saturday, unfortunately, Saturday, you know, they had to play Friday night, and Saturday they had, they had to come back in the afternoon, so they didn't have a full day to recover. It just, just seemed like everything just happened too quickly. But we talked about. Last Sunday, we were on the show last Sunday, they were down two games to nothing. And we and said we, they would come back. We said they were coming. And I, I, have, I have no doubts in my mind that the Jays can come back. Uh, I'm, not, I'm, not, uh, I'm, I'm not putting the nail in their coffin yet. Uh, they are a terribly resilient team. Uh, they are a team in, 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 in the classical sense of the word. They, they, will, you know, they will support each other. They will work for each other. You know, the fans are going to do whatever they can Monday night to uh, to get get the Jays pumped, um, and there's one classic example that I'm going to keep in mind. Uh, 1985, Kansas City Royals came down from a two nothing deficit to beat who? Toronto Blue Jays. Toronto Blue and they Jays. were up three one. The Jays. Man, would I love to turn the tables on the KC well, Royals. So. There are very so. very few teams in baseball I, I I despise, and the KC Royals are one of them. And it goes back to 1985. I picked them in six. I picked the Jays in six to beat Kansas City, and I guess they have to win four in a row to do it. I'm going to stay with it. And uh, as I'm pulling for the Jays, I'm sure all the listeners are pulling for the Jays. The whole country's pulling for the Jays. Yeah, let's, yeah. let's get it done. The series isn't over. It's not over. You know, we we got Strowman on the mound on uh, on uh, on Monday. We've got Dick. I presume they're going to put Dickey in, on the mound on Tuesday. Um, I, I think that I, this 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 series is far from over. They they uh, kicked the game they could have won last night. It could have series probably should be one and one. Uh, KC is a good team. I think the Jays are a better team. Anyways, we're going to be going to break, and when we come back from break, Naz, uh, maybe you'd like to. Uh, Explain to the listeners a little event we uh, we had uh, we had this week and what's coming up for our listeners after the break. Yeah, we took uh, a a jaunt down to uh, the Mastercard Center for a Leafs practice, and we had a one on one interview with Nazem Kadri. And uh, very surprised, what a great kid this kid is. Getting to know him a bit bit more that day, and uh, we're going to talk to to Nazem about uh, certain things with the Leafs and himself. And it uh, it was it was a Quite, uh, I was quite happy with the interview, as a matter of fact. Uh, he uh, said a lot of things, and I uh, hope the listeners can listen in. Anyways, we'll be right back with, uh, with Nazem Kadri, and uh, this, this interview was taped Wednesday at the MasterCard Center, uh, right after Leafs practice. And uh, if uh, Nazem, whenever, uh, whenever you retire as a hockey player, you can go into the business of being a biz, uh, baseball prognosticator. You got that uh, Jays-Texas game pretty close. Anyways, we'll be right back. It was a rainy day when Pizzaville asked me to introduce their new fast dial number just for cell phones by singing it. <clears throat> pound three six three six. No. Pound three six three six. No. Come on, baby, pound three six three six. Ooh, ooh. Come on, baby, pound three six three six. <laughs> Let's go ring to it. Call Pizzaville on your cell phone at pound three six three six. There's an old saying, 
Entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them. Every day, they've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice. Steel's Paint in Woodbridge, an enormous 20,000 square foot superstore that carries nothing but the best. Superior staff, superior advice, superior selection, superior everything. When you have a really tough job to do, they can knock it down to size. They'll show you how to get it done right, and because they only sell the best of everything, you'll get it done to last. That means superior satisfaction. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge, the best. At Titanium Logistics, we believe that choosing the right shipping company comes down to two issues, price and cost. Most prices are competitive, will likely save you money too, but the cost of choosing the wrong company to service your cross-border freight to and from the U.S. and Mexico can be extraordinary. If it's not where it should be, when it should be, that bargain price, worthless. Titanium Logistics, on time, on budget. Call 905-266-3014. Ask for Blair Downey. This is Daryl Settler for Alt Infinity and Vaughn. Car buying made simple. That's what Alt Infinity is all about. No stress, no hassle, no nonsense. Just fun and easy and rewarding experience that will put you behind the wheel of a fabulous new or used Infinity. Expert sales staff, superior service, and the largest selection in Ontario. And the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's what makes Alt Infinity the captain's choice. Alt Infinity, Woodbridge.com, at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Striving to inspire you at every turn. Discover Villanova College, York Region's only independent co-educational Catholic school. We offer small class sizes and a commitment to academic excellence towards properly preparing students for university and lifelong success. If you are a young person or a parent seeking more from today's education, then take a moment to learn more about Villanova College. Find out about our specialized enrichment programs, including STEM and advanced placement. For information regarding admissions or to schedule a personal tour, visit VillanovaCollege.org. Are they ever wrong about sports? I can answer that in two words. Impossible. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Okay, we're here this morning with Nazem Kadri, of course, of the Toronto Maple Leafs, and uh, we're with the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. Nazem, first of all, uh, we want to thank you for taking the time for us uh, today, and uh, and uh, this is a tape-recorded interview. It's going to mm-hmm. be on uh, Sunday coming up. It's Wednesday, and the Blue Jays haven't played yet. What's uh, what's your prediction for the game this afternoon? Are you going to be watching uh, the game? Of course, of course. I'm actually going to be at the game, so I'll be uh, I'll be definitely cheering loud for our Blue Jays. So we certainly uh, hope you're uh, cheering loud, and I hope you bring them good luck. Anyways, uh, we're three games into the Mike Babcock era. In Toronto, and uh, we've seen some improvement in, uh, in in the way the team is playing. We haven't gotten the results yet. I think you mm-hmm. would like, but uh, tell us uh, tell us uh, your uh, your impressions of the team this year, and what uh, what you're thrilled about in terms of how Mike's yeah. running the team. Um, definitely. I mean, I think you hit the nail right on the head there. I think there's definitely been drastic improvements. Uh, we're a working team. We're a skating team. Um, you know, Babs is very organized and prepared, so also very passionate. So it kind of rubs off on the players and. Um, you know, obviously, we wish we'd uh, you know we have a, a couple more wins, but 
Well, the important thing is that we're in every single game. We got opportunities to win, so that's really all we can ask for. You saw the intensity of uh, the coach in practice today. Is it like that all the time, Adam? It's like that all the time. Not just practice, but for uh, for uh, meetings or video sessions or anything like that. He's a very passionate individual. And, um, you know, definitely uh, us as players are as well. So he definitely likes to you know get the message across and very clear. Can I ask you? Um Mike seems to have put um, some demands on you. He's got certain mm -hmm. expectations. Has he sat down with you and, and 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 told you what his expectations are from you this year? Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, we have daily conversations, uh, you know, about just me getting better as a, as a player and as a person. So, um, you know, we've had, uh, like I said, very uh, positive and, and always. I mean, he's a teacher. He's, he's going to teach me. There's going to be growing pains and. Um, but at the, at the end of the day, you know, uh, it's, it's what I want. It's what I want to buy into, and um, I can be as good as I want to make myself. So he's there to guide me, and um, you know, I think so far it's going pretty well. This is uh, this is uh, you're on a one-year contract, and uh, you're up at the end of the year. What are your personal expectations of yourself, hmm? and what are your goals for this season? Uh, expectations are high, um, higher than they ever ever have been, and um, you know I obviously set myself to a, a very high standard and higher than anyone else sets me. So, you know, for me, I want to have the best year I've, I've had uh, since turning pro. I mean, I think uh, I'm doing a lot of good things, but at the same time, it's not just all about you know goals and, and points. And you know, I want to be a 200 foot game. I want to be a reliable centerman in this league and a top centerman. And you know, I think with the help of Babs and our coaching staff, uh, it's something that I can definitely uh, achieve. Can we look back at your minor hockey? And where you started? When did you start playing hockey? And who was your first coach? Um, I started uh, playing hockey. I mean, I was first on skates when I was like two years old, and uh, play, started playing competitive when I was like six. So it's been a you know lifelong dream of mine. And uh, you know, my first first coach was Tim McClellan from the London Junior Knights. Um, you know, I had him on a, a couple different occasions, and many more going through the ranks of the junior night organization so uh you know i've been blessed to have a lot of uh, a lot of great supporters and a lot of great coaches not only in minor hockey but in junior and and pro as well nazem you uh you had some issues uh last year that uh, we don't really want to get into the details of it but uh the issue of maturity has come up and mm -hmm. it seems from what i've read that you've uh you you've uh you, you certainly matured as a player and and yep. as a person what lessons did you learn from last year um just yeah i mean last year was a bit of a tough year just you know how things went it was uh definitely a grind and you know just uh, obviously throughout a couple months stretch it was it was you know it was tough to come to the rank every single day just uh you know having that motivation that mentality but this year i think it's definitely a rejuvenating feeling it's a clean slate <clears throat> you know i worked extremely hard in the off season to get myself prepared and ready um you know for this season so you know and that being said just you know maturing you know physically and mentally as well just being able to to be more of a professional I and mean, i know i'm going to be le uh, leaned on a little bit more to, to lead by example and to, um you know become a leader so that's that's really what i want and you know it's 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 up to me to go and grab it you've done some things uh, you've done some things differently in the off season mm -hmm. this year and uh uh, you certainly look like you're in fantastic shape. We're sitting here with Thank you. you. Uh, uh, tell me what uh, what you did differently this off season to prepare. Um, just uh, you know, conditioning, strength, footwork, uh, agility, all that stuff. I mean, uh, obviously, strength is a big aspect of hockey. And, and uh, as I you know mature and develop uh, physically, I'm going to get stronger. But you know, this year I think it was more conditioning and just being able to last a little longer out on the ice and. 
um, you know, having that footwork, the first couple strides, and you know, Sheldon guys off, uh, you know, that low center of gravity, things like that, just being able to, uh, you know, become more uh, more complete. You're the uh, you draw the most penalties out of anybody in the <laughs> NHL. Did you know that? I didn't know that. Yes, you did. I hadn't up there. until late last year. But, yeah. You draw the most penalties, and there's got to be a reason for it. You must be an agitator out mm-hmm. on the ice, and you must yeah. chirp quite a bit. Is I that do. true? Uh, that's very true. Yes, uh, you know, oftentimes, you know, I find it a good way to get myself into the game. I mean, I'm, I'm a passionate individual. When I get on the ice, I like to compete, and you know, obviously, like to be competitive, and that's why I'm in the spot I am today. So. I mean, especially with the, with the top-end guys. I mean, you got to do anything you can to try to get them off their game. But I think another aspect of that is just always having my feet, moving my feet and, and uh, you know, having guys haul me down one way or the other. I mean, I'm a power play guy. I like playing on the power play, and I'm sure uh, a lot of other people do. Mike Babcock seems to have shown quite a bit of confidence in you so far this year, and you seem uh, to be settling into the role of the number one center on this team, which means that uh, you're going to be going toe-to-toe with some of the some of the best guys, best players in the game, Taves and Crosby yep. and some and Kopitar and some of these guys. Tell me, uh, what kind of a challenge does that present for you? It's it's a challenge, but it's an exciting one. I'm very you know, anxious to, to get that uh, night in and night out. Um, you know, I've I've had that in, in previous years um, going up against these guys. So I mean, it's not um, you know really that new to me. But uh, to to play against them night in and night out, that's something that's definitely going to be a challenge. And not only you know holding them off the score sheet, but it's getting myself on the score sheet as well. I want to be able to to defend and uh, contribute offense. Nazem, uh, you're 25 years old, correct? I am. Uh, looking at the Marlies and looking at the players that are developing, the young players down there, do you see yourself as the leader of this team in the next few years? Because I do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you would be a positive influence on the guys on the Marlies coming up. I do. I mean, that's one thing that's uh, been in discussion as well, and that's why I've, I've kind of changed my uh, my mindset and, and my format in the off season and just uh, trying to be able to be uh, that leader that guys can look up to and, and uh, that you know role model, so to speak. Obviously, guys that are coming in, I mean, they're men. They uh, they know what they want to do with themselves, but you know, to be surrounded by you know, professionals that do it right night, uh, day in and day out, it definitely makes a big difference. Did you play any other sport as a kid, or was it hockey? I did. I, I played uh, you know pretty much all of them, but uh, my main ones were uh, soccer and basketball. And just a recommendation: what you would give to the young kids that are playing today mm-hmm. to play more than one sport? Do you uh, do you believe in that? Yeah, I definitely do. Hundred percent. I mean, stay active. It keeps your mind active. Keeps your body active. I mean, I was always a, a guy that wanted to be outside, wanted to be with his friends, and and that whole uh, you know I always played competitive, and that's you know what brought my competitive nature out the most. So and I played competitive soccer up until I was you know fifteen, until I had to make a decision whether I was gonna. You know, pursue hockey full time, or so I kind of had to drop that and drop everything else. But uh, you know, by that time, you know, I knew you know what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. And Nazem, you've um, um, sponsor charity golf classic every year, mm-hmm. and um, tell us a little bit about uh, your work uh, with that golf classic. What got you involved with it, and uh, the kind of charitable work that uh, that you do uh, with your golf classic, and also with the Toronto mm-hmm. Maple Leafs. Yeah, I mean, we uh, actually have uh, two that I do annually. Um, one is in Toronto, one is uh, back home in London. The first one in Toronto is part of the Islamic Relief Foundation, and that's uh, basically you know, trying to give opportunities to uh, underprivileged 
families, um, you know, back home and just to kind of help them out and give them a nudge in the right direction. So I'm, I'm more than happy to do that. That's actually been going for the last four years now. And uh, my one in London, uh, the Cadre Golf Classic that I, that I run, uh, multiple players come out to it. I'm thankful for that support. And, and we actually change up the, the charities uh, annually. So, we, we, you know, we've sponsored uh, Brain Tumor and Women's Hospice and local food banks and uh, things like that. So that's really one thing that, you know, I've, I'm blessed to be in this opportunity, to, to be given this opportunity. And, and, you know, that's something that I feel like I have to contribute to the rest of the community. Our listeners, you know, we see you play hockey at the ACC and on television and, uh you know, we know Nazem Kadri, the, the the hockey player. Tell us a little bit about Nazem Kadri, the human being. Tell us a little bit about what your off ice interests are, what mm-hmm. uh, what you do when you're not playing hockey, and yeah, uh, um, what uh, what motivates you. Yeah, I mean, I'm a very social person. I like uh, hanging out with my friends. I'm a very family oriented person. I love love hanging out with my family and the opportunity I have. Um, you know, I like staying active. Uh, I like watching sports, any kind of sports. I'm I'm definitely into so. No, I'd say I'm definitely easygoing. I got a sense of humor, and you know, I, I like to have fun. I like to enjoy myself. But you know, now at this point in my life, you know, I understand the, the times where you can have fun and the times where you have to be serious. Now, talking about the Blue Jays today, yes, sir. <laughs> we won't keep you much longer, Nazem. But there's, you know, one area I'd, I'd, I'd like to uh, I'd like to explore a little bit. And I know that you're a person of faith. Mm. I also know that you're one of the few Muslims in the NHL. Yes, sir. I, much to my surprise, when I was uh, researching this last night, I didn't realize that Neil Yakupov mm-hmm. is is also a Muslim. Has Correct. that ever been an issue ever during your minor hockey career, uh, during your professional career? Um, do you feel like you are a role model mm-hmm. for other young children like yourself? Um, that came yeah. from that type of a background. Absolutely, I mean, no, uh, no, no doubt about it. And I think that's why I put you know, a lot of pressure on myself in, or, in order to lead by example and be able to do all the right things. Um, you know, because I, you know, I, I see it. I see it firsthand. The little kids that you know look up to and, and want to be just like you, and you hear it from their parents, and it, you know, it gives you a warm, fuzzy feeling inside. And um, you know, back when I was playing hockey when I was younger, there wasn't really too many uh, kids of, of my ethnicity, uh, and uh, it wasn't very diverse a sport. So now, I mean, I go watch my little cousins play. I mean, they're eight, nine years old, and there's kids of every single possible descent you could think of. So. You know, just you know, for me to be able to see that and see the game grow, uh, you know, how it has, it uh, you know really makes me feel more comfortable. That's great. That's great to hear. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, you you said you have other activities other than you hang around with your friends. What uh, do you like music? Do you like? Uh, yeah, yeah, I, l- I love music. Um, you know, that's I mean, pretty much what my life revolves around is family, friends, sports, and uh, and music. So. You know, obviously, I'm still 25 years old. I'm still uh, trying to, you know, figure out, uh, you know, what I really want to want to do with my future and how it's going to go. But um, I'm doing everything I can in order to, to give myself the best opportunity to be successful, and that's what's important. Anyways, we've been talking to uh, Nazem Kadri. Nazem, we really want to thank you uh, mm-hmm. uh, for taking the time for us. And there's a standing offer at the Nazem <laughs> Wally uh, Sports Hour. If my co-host ever missing, uh, I'd love to have you in being my co-host. Yeah, you have the perfect name. Well, you don't even have to change the name of the show. But all kidding aside, I, I know I know that you're probably not up at nine o'clock on Sunday mornings. But if you ever are, yeah, 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 of course I'm working. I'm already in the gym. At or that it's your time. day off. Anyways, uh, I'll sincerely, we really appreciate uh, really appreciate the time, and okay, cool. um, 
our listeners perhaps getting to know you a little bit better. And we wish the Toronto Maple Leafs all the best this Great. year. Thanks for having me. Welcome back to the uh, Naz and Wally Sports Hour. That, of course, was our interview with Nazem Kadri on uh, on Wednesday morning. Uh, Nazem was uh, pretty uh, pretty prescient. He had picked the Blue Jays to win that game. Yeah, somebody cut that out of the six yeah. to three, six to four. He said. No, he said six to four. That's correct, right, yeah. and it ended up being six to three. Yeah. Certainly a prognostic. Yeah. Naz, your uh, your reaction to uh, to our interview with Naz and and to uh, what you saw at the practice. Uh, very intense practice. I've taken in probably seven NHL practices in my time, and that's the most intense practice I've ever seen any NHL team have. And you can you can tell that Mike Babcock is in charge of that team. And we heard him uh, being interviewed too, and you can tell he 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 runs that team. Yeah, forget Lou Lamarillo <laughs> and all those guys. It's Mike Babcock. There, there's no nonsense there. There's no fooling around. Uh, there's no wasted time on the ice. Uh, they're out there, and their practices aren't very long. Um, you know, the, uh, the the practices are usually half an hour to an hour. There, there's, you know, he apparently the Mike Babcock the Mike Babcock type of practice is short and intense. Uh, he doesn't keep them out there for hours and hours, and uh, certainly that came through. Nazem Kadri, uh, I was impressed by the young man. Um, I know there's uh, he's had his critics here in uh, in Toronto in the past. I think uh, I think perhaps he's turned over uh, a new leaf. Uh, they're certainly looking to him to be a leader on the ice, no question. Um, I've watched him the first couple of games. Uh, you know, he was up against Crosby last night. He looked pretty good. Uh, you know, Nazem seems to be playing both ends of the ice. I think the issue with Nazem is not his talent level. Never has been. He certainly an, uh, has uh, world-class skills. Uh, the issue with Nazem has always been consistency. And when he brings it, he can be one of the best players in the game. He just, uh, hopefully, uh, he's, he's uh, settled into a role. Hopefully, he's, uh, he's matured into a role where... Uh, you know, he can play a top-level game on a consistent basis. And if he can, uh, certainly he, he, can, uh, he can earn his uh, stripes as one of the top, uh, top echelon centers in the game. I, I, I certainly believe the talent level is there. Yeah, he, he, he sounds like a great kid, and I'm sure he's had his moments in his career so far, but it looks like he's turning things around, and we, can, we wish him all the luck in the world, for sure. Certainly. And uh, we're going to break now, and when we get back from break, we'll be talking to Mark Kennedy, and we'll also be taking your calls. So uh, we'll go to break, we'll come back and uh, give you our call-in numbers. It was a rainy day when Pizzaville introduced their new fast dial number for cell phones. It's pound 3636, and you can dial it from anywhere. Want pizza at the park? Pound 3636. Wings by the water? Pound 3636. Ponzo combo at the cottage? Pound 3636. Salad at the... uh, Someone stop me. Call Pizzaville on your cell phone at pound 3636. At 20,000 square feet, Steel's Paint and Woodbridge is Canada's largest independent paint store. Big deal, right? Big deal, yes. The best brands, the best staff, the best advice, the best of everything. From color matching to brand selection, whether you're a pro or a DIYer, we'll look after you from the minute you walk in to the minute you walk in a second time as a completely satisfied customer. Big store, big deal, bigger satisfaction. Simple. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge. 
At Titanium Logistics, we believe that choosing the right shipping company comes down to two issues, price and cost. Most prices are competitive, will likely save you money too, but the cost of choosing the wrong company to service your cross-border freight to and from the U.S. and Mexico can be extraordinary. If it's not where it should be, when it should be, that bargain price, worthless. Titanium Logistics, on time, on budget. Call 905-266-3014. Ask for Blair Downey. This is Daryl Settler for Alt Infinity and Vaughn. Car buying made simple. That's what Alt Infinity is all about. No stress, no hassle, no nonsense. Just fun and easy and rewarding experience that will put you behind the wheel of a fabulous new or used Infinity. Expert sales staff, superior service, and the largest selection in Ontario. And the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's what makes Alt Infinity the captain's choice. Alt Infinity, Woodbridge.com, at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Striving to inspire you at every turn. There's an old saying, entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them. Every day, they've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice. They never argue sports. They just explain while they're always correct. The boys are back. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. You are listening live uh, from uh, the Zoomerplex in Liberty Village in downtown Toronto. Um, wasn't a great day in Toronto sports Yesterday, Naz, we, we did a little bit of uh, calculation, got our calculator out, and uh, none of our teams won. And um, We're rap- hitting Tilowitzki t- average numbers with the, <laughs> we were with the four o, teams yesterday. We were 0 for 0 for 0 for 0. Uh, the uh, Argos, of course, uh, were played a home game in Hamilton. Uh, Argos are, uh, because I guess uh, the Blue Jays, they're a little bit of a homeless team these days, and they've got another home game at Tim Hortons Field in Hamilton coming up this week. Uh, the Jays lost, the Leafs lost, um, and uh, our soccer team lost. And talking about the soccer team, we've got uh, with us this morning our roving TFC reporter and our soccer uh, specialist uh, uh, blogger, mistakebythelake.com, Mark Kennedy, Mark, how have you been? Good morning, Wally. Good, good to be on the show. Fantastic. We haven't chatted with you in a while, and uh, and uh, you haven't got my goat in a while, Mark. So uh, this is your opportunity. Um, TFC, uh, we were hoping for a result yesterday, uh, which would have sort of cemented our, our playoff uh, positioning a little bit better. TFC is in the playoffs. We're still fighting for home field advantage, and... Uh, Took on the Columbus crew yesterday, and uh, unfortunately we lost. Uh, so tell us a little bit about your impressions of yesterday's game and what's shaping up in the playoffs. How does TFC look from here from here in? Well, it, it seemed like Toronto FC was benefiting from being deep in the shadows behind the Blue Jays. Um, on the Wednesday night game when Toronto beat New York, it was actually a lot of fun because Everyone had their cell phones out and was following the the Blue Jays uh, not so far away, pitch by pitch. And there was a big roar from the from the soccer crowd when 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 the Jays came came from behind and, and beat Texas. Um, 
we we were hoping that uh, Toronto FC was going to be inspired by the Blue Jays, but uh, yesterday Toronto FC decided they were going to be inspired by the Blue Jays in their 14-inning game against Texas and just kind of stand around, and uh, uh, it was very disappointing. Uh, as Blue Jay fans can tell you, there are ups and downs uh, in, in every series, and uh, Toronto FC is doing exactly the same, looking great on Wednesday night and looking horrible, horrible on Saturday. Mark, i got to ask you, uh, I always take the lead on the soccer stuff here because Naz doesn't like soccer. I like you, soccer. You, you, you're, you're a big uh, MLS soccer critic, and uh, so I, I'll... I'll uh, <laughs> We always we Naz and I always uh, argue about soccer. Naz doesn't doesn't like soccer, quite frankly. <laughs> Come clean, Naz. Come on. I love soccer. What are you talking about? <laughs> okay. Uh, thank you, Naz. Wally's just trying to set you up. I know he is. That's why I'm not letting him do it. <laughs> well done. Oh, you guys are terrible. <laughs> Anyways, uh, let's cut to the chase here, Mark. Um, and real quick, uh, quick analysis. Uh, how far can TFC go? Well, there. There are games still to be played. Next weekend, Toronto plays their last season game away in Montreal. Six teams make the playoffs, and um, after we play Montreal, we'll have a clearer idea of who we play in the first round. And um, if the team that, that, that beat New York shows up, I think Toronto can, can go to the cup. If the team that showed up against Columbus is what we see in the playoffs. It'll be a very, very one game and done playoff. Yeah, I've got I've got some concerns about TFC. I think uh, th- there's one stat that that really shows up. They have the worst record in MLS, uh, 56 goals against. And uh, I, I don't know how you go to the promised land if you're the worst defensive team in the league. Um, I think I think it's definitely a goalkeeper problem. We we do not have a keeper who's going to stand on his head and make a difference. And in playoffs. Uh, we're going to run into keepers who are going to shut us down, and we can't we can't depend on our 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 guys to shut anyone down. Mark, can we talk about Jovenko for a sec? Um, I've got some concerns that he's going uh, to go to back to Europe or somewhere else to play next year. Is that a distinct possibility? It's it's always a possibility, but I don't think it's a very large possibility. I think that. Uh, um, Remember, in this off-season coming up, it'll be his first chance to have a rest in quite a while, and he's playing on the Italian national team, and therefore is going to have the European exposure that uh, that, that you know that's going to make him happy. Um, that's always been the knock in Europe about going to the MLS: is that if you know if, if you are under consideration for your national team, you're going to be disappearing off of the horizon, and Javinko. Um, uh, you know, last weekend played for Italy both on the Saturday and, and the Monday. So, I I think there might be there might be uh, um, more money on the table a year from now, but I think it's going to be too early. Mark, um, Mark yeah, I want to follow up on that because there's something there's something interesting about soccer that doesn't exist in the North American sports. So maybe you can explain this a little bit better and explain it to me. Soccer has something called a transfer window. Yes. Okay. And and I didn't realize it. I, I think I read it yesterday that um, the, the concern is Jovenko is going to be leaving Toronto during the transfer window. And some of the teams that have been mentioned are Liverpool, 
I believe Tottenham, and I even read uh, Barcelona this morning of all teams. Um, can you explain to me what this transfer window is and how that could possibly lead to Jovenko leaving Toronto? Is that something that's – is it his choice? Can he choose to leave? Does, yes, can TFC... yes he, he, can, he can choose to leave if there is an offer on the table. Um, the, the winter transfer window is basically the month of January, and a team with, um, with financial uh, uh, backing – can make an offer to buy someone's contract. And even if a player is happy with his team, and, and I would say Javinko seems to be loving Toronto, um, if, an, if a bigger team comes along with an offer, Javinko's agent is going to get a percentage of that higher contract and that, that whole offer. So it's always tempting for agents to say, you know, please, uh, Seba, consider this. Um, it's, but does it's, the player have the right? Because I understood Jovinko was under a, a, a three or four year contract in Toronto. That's correct. And he's the second highest played, second highest paid Italian soccer player in the world. Exactly. And he had he has an option in his contract to leave during the transfer window. Is that the way you understand it? No, it's not an option in his contract. It it is a um, a, a FIFA regulated oh, atmosphere FIFA regulated. in okay. which. P, uh, teams can buy contracts off of other teams, and you always have you, know, you so, have teams that. Uh, are I, I just want. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm belaboring this point, but I want to be precise if I can. Right. Is this TFC's option? They obviously have the right to trade that contract. Well, they have the they have the right to listen to a offer. Okay. Just like if someone knocked on your door and said, "Hi, I like the looks of this place. I'd like to buy it." Then you would say, "Sure, let's." You know, how much are you willing to spend? Okay, Mark. Uh, thanks for your uh, thanks for your update on TFC. Very quick prediction: uh, How far is TFC going? They're going to win the cup. Oh, there wow. you go. Okay, another optimist. <laughs> if they win the cup, I want that. I want your blog site. That mistake by the lake by the spring. We're gonna we're gonna come down. We're gonna change it for you. We're gonna force you to change it. Okay. That sounds good to me. Sounds good. <laughs> Anyways, thanks, Mark Kennedy. Always a pleasure catching up with TFC. Uh, it's that time of the show now. There's, there's not a hope in hell they're winning the cup. Well, no, but th- hope they have they, have they have a good offensive team. Anyways, sure. we'd love to take your calls now. Our number is four one six. 360 I'll give you those numbers again. 416-360-0740. Sebastian, have we got a call on the line? Got a call? Let's go to the caller. Mike from Hamilton. Good morning, Mike. How are you? Are you there, Mike? Yeah, how you doing, Wally? We're doing great, and how are you doing? Well, fine, thanks. Just wanted to say, um, you know, I was listening to your uh, comments about the Blue Jays. Um, yeah, 30 years ago was a long time ago, but Kansas City had been knocking on the door for a while, you know, and then Dick Hauser finally got them over the top. I think he learned a lot from Billy Martin being on his staff in, in New York, and I think um, maybe the Jays didn't have. Well, the, you're talking about the team from 85? Yeah, like similar to now. They well, don't have... the Royals had some. They had some talent too. They had a guy by the name of George Brett and some pitchers by the name of Lee Brant and Saberhagen. So, uh, 
You know, they uh, they sort of shut down uh, they shut down the Jays at Exhibition Stadium in Game Six and Seven, unfortunately. But uh, we're kind of hoping the Jays can turn it around this uh, this uh, this year, and uh, we can get even with the Royals. We'll uh, we'll certainly look forward to that. Naz, yeah, I, I, it's it's a little different from back then. Eighty five, eighty five. The Jays had the Jays had won ninety nine games that year. That was a, a very good baseball team, and. Uh, I don't know. I just get a funny feeling this time around. I'm not as confident as as before. Anyway, so we certainly hope for the best. We've got Kevin from Buffalo. Good morning, Kevin. How are you? How are things down in Buffalo this morning? And here in Buffalo, still very confident on the Blue Jays series, gentlemen. Uh, Needless to say, it's such an exciting series, and Coming back to Toronto on Monday evening, I think, is going to be such an exciting ball game. And I can't say enough about the Blue Jays and David Price yesterday, the game. I mean, you, you, he was doing so well in a pop fly, and I, I'm keeping very confident thoughts on the series still, gentlemen. Well, we're certainly uh, we're certainly trying to stay as confident as possible. We've got Marcus. I mean, we're essentially we're at the same place. Aren't we at the same place we were in the Texas series? And we've got Stroman going in, and we've got Dickey coming in, and uh, then when you get to yeah, you know, we have one extra game because you have to win four, right? Yeah. I mean, I'd love to get David Price on that. I, I'd love to get David Price. Another I felt shot. sorry for him you yesterday, know, but uh, I'd love to. You know what? Uh, he he pitched exceptionally well. Mowed down. He really mowed down 19 batters. Got credit for 18, but he mowed down 19 batters in a row. After the first, after the first batter, he didn't give up. Uh, there was not, there wasn't another base runner till, till the seventh inning on that unfortunate play. Um, you know what's remarkable is the uh, the uh, following Buck Martinez and Pat Tabler have on our broadcast, and that they're not broadcast play, doing the play by play of the game. Uh, a lot of people are upset about that. Why? Well, you're talking about uh, criticism of the Fox broadcasters? Yes, Is that where you're yes. getting at with that the, now? Yeah, the criticism of the Fox broadcasters is they're getting not as much Kenny Albert, but Harold Reynolds. Holy smokes, what a week he had. Uh, I tell you. He's not, not the most beloved uh, announcer in Canada these days, but, you know, give him credit. He apologized. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he he made kind it. of apologized. I think we take you know the Canadians are too sensitive to these uh, to these little uh, you know these little jabs. I mean you know we got to grow up a little bit. We, I mean a whole country gets insulted because he makes a little jab that we can't catch a ball. I mean come on. I mean he's just he's 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 just he's just jesting. He's just he's being glib. He thought he was being funny. I mean it wasn't very funny to, at he, all. Oh, he just you know he's 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 making he's making a sarcastic remark about our hockey culture. That's all he's doing. He says Canadians are known for hockey. You're not so good at ba- at baseball. It's you know we got to be you know we know that that's wrong. We can, I, mean, I think as adults we could say he doesn't know what he's talking about. We got to get upset. We got to make the guy apologize. I mean, come on. Anyways, we've got D General <laughs> on the line from Etobicoke. Jerry Howard. D General, how are you this morning? Uh, you know what? You guys are killing me with the baseball stuff. <laughs> there she goes. Me. Yes, sirree. There she goes. <laughs> Tom, you know what? I miss Tom Cheek. He was good. Uh, Jerry Howard, they were awesome, those guys. And, 
the Americans are the Americans. You know, they don't even know they don't even know where we live. They but why don't Canadians get so? Up, I mean, <laughs> yeah. we get so upset about the stupidest little things. I mean, come on, we're a mature we're, country. We're adults up here. We could take it. We could give it back. Why don't we just dish it back a little bit? You know, well, listen, we get all, we get all our shorts tied up in knots because he says we can't catch a baseball. I mean, come on. <laughs> Gentleman Reynolds was right. He said we can't catch a baseball because Goins dropped the most important ball he should have grabbed that changed that whole game yesterday. But I don't want to talk about that because that just upset me. <laughs> okay, let's talk. You were talking about the Leafs. And I want to ask you guys. We haven't, we haven't t- touched on this subject yet. Who do you guys like this year to win the Cup? I've watched about a dozen different games so far, and, and I'm looking out there, and I don't see a front runner. I don't see a team that's jumped out and, and said, we're going to take this. Even though Montreal is six and zero, I hate the Habs. Uh, but uh, more yeah, why are they six and zero? Because they well, got they got a world class goaltender. That's why they're six and zero. But then I, I look at these teams, uh, Naz, and, and and I don't see offense. I don't see guys shooting the puck. They're only getting so many shots. Are they that good? Uh, is there nobody else out there that's jumping up? Uh, you know, out of the West. Uh, what do you guys think? I'll, 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 I'll uh, tell you what I think. I, I think the depth in the NHL up front and on defense is not very good because of the salary cap. You're seeing um, a top line and a half, and that's every team, even Chicago who won the Cup, and then everybody else. And that's why the nobody's jumped out. I think what's happened is the, the parity in the league is getting closer and closer and closer. And even watching the Leafs, like I took in the Montreal Leaf game, and the Leafs outplayed them and lost 3-1 in an empty net goal. And I've seen them play this year, and they look okay. Like they're not great, but they're not bad either. And how many teams are like that? Right, that's what what I think's happened to the NHL because of the salary cap. There isn't enough talent that can go on each team, and you'll find that uh, who knows who's going to win the cup this year. I, I'm I'm of the it's a very good question. I'm of the same uh, I'm of the same opinion. I, I I haven't got a clue. Who, uh, you know, normally normally you're Islanders. I, I mean, maybe you, you could. You, I, I mean, normally there there's there's two or three teams that. At the beginning of a season, that seemed to be heads and shoulders. They're certainly at a different level. There's always two or three, and in the past four or five years, I mean, who are the, well, those teams? Obviously, Chicago's been there every year. Um, the L.A. Kings, uh, Anaheim, um, to a certain extent, Boston, but Boston's on the, is on the decline now. Pittsburgh Penguins. Um, we've always had. We've always had three or four teams that you could say are a little bit at a different level than everybody else. And depending on how things go during the year, if you get critical injuries, if your goaltender stands on his head, uh, all these different factors that, 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 that come to play in a salary cap world. But this year, this year, I can't think of any team that's separated from the pack. You know, the Chicago Blackhawks have lost enough uh, key personnel you know, I mean, they haven't lost Taves and Kane and Keith, but some of their, some of their, you know, the guys on the next level, they've lost, so they're they're not the same team. Mm-hmm. And uh, L.A. Kings are off to a, a really bad start, and they've got the, you know, they got Voinov and Richards and all those other problems. Um, you know, this is a question we're going to probably have to ask each other in February. We have to see how the season goes, and you know, we're we're at a level of of uh, I, I don't like to use the word mediocrity, but parity. Um, there isn't one team that stands out above the rest, and uh, could be a crapshoot this year. Could the, be the general, you know, you would if you take in a Leaf practice, knowing that you're a minor hockey coach, uh, you would be very impressed with Babcock's practice. 
Yeah, we certainly would. We were certainly impressed, and uh, hopefully uh, we get an invitation back or we crash it again, whichever way it happened. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but uh, time has run short again for another week of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. Uh, Blue Jays right now are behind the eight ball. We certainly hope that they're able to turn it around, and next Sunday we are talking about the Blue Jays going into the World Series. Yeah, I'll be in Alabama watching the Crimson Tide play Tennessee on Saturday, so I'll be uh, calling in with a report. Anyways, be safe in Alabama, and go Jays go. To our listeners, have a fantastic week. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.